Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stories of Vast. I'm your host, Shri Penreddy. Today I'm here with Ryan Young. Ryan is the founder of the Forgotten Stories Project, an initiative where he tries to bring awareness to legal cases where justice was not served and influential events that have been forgotten. Thank you so much for being here, Ryan. Thank you for having me, Shri. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so talk to me about how you got started with Forgotten Stories. Yeah, so I started on this platform called TikTok. Um, <laughs> Don't know if I've I'm heard of sure. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I still remember the date I made my first video. Um, it was April 28th of uh, this year. and I was, I was really bored during quarantine. And I saw the story um, about Private Danny Chen of the U.S. Army. And I just got so mad. Like, I, I just, uh, I think my brother was telling me, like, that day when we played basketball, I was like fouling him all the time. <laughs> I was just really aggressive that day. But um, yeah, so I made that video um, and it kind of took off. It got like 250 views, 250,000 views. And that just sort of started. Um, I just sort of started that series. And I think right now we're at um, 16 stories of that series. Yeah. Um, but then there's, I started a few other ones as well. Um, so and what happened was it was just getting too much for me alone to handle. Um, mm -hmm. I remember, uh, I think right now we're at 7 million views. So wow. it was just getting too much. Like I was getting burned out. Um, and I had a petition. I started a, a campaign mm -hmm. uh, for Mr. Patel and that just really took off. And I decided to, um, to make it more of a formal thing rather than just a personal thing because uh, I was working with the family, so I just thought it would be more professional to do it that way. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of how I started with the project. Talk to me a little bit more about that story that first got you started. What happened and why did it kind of make you so angry about it? Yeah, so uh, um, a Chinese soldier um, named Danny Chen mm -hmm. was a private in the U.S. Army. And basically, when he deployed to Afghanistan, I believe, mm -hmm. he was just treated, treated terribly by his um, teammates. And they were just calling him racial names, like uh, Chinese slurs. It was disgusting. And it came to the point where they beat him up so bad, they like dragged him across the floor that he just couldn't take it. And he um, shot himself in the head, essentially, to get away from this madness and um it kind of hurt me personally because it's always difficult to see someone who kind of like looks like you to right. be hurt like this and um I, I was thinking of joining the military in the future so um, that really hurt me um on a personal level so yeah that's why i started with that case yeah and i think a lot of the original stories that you posted on tiktok were related to asian american discrimination and minority discrimination and have you noticed that like minority discrimination like plays a factor into, you know, contributing to these unknown tragedies, I suppose? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I think especially for uh, Asian Americans, you know, we're kind of forgotten. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Like I haven't, like our history classrooms don't do a good job of, you know, talking about the 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 racial legislation that was implemented in California and the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just for Asian Americans. But I think yeah, for all minorities, it's really. I mean, whenever you have, whenever you have people who look different from the majority, it's just 
discrimination is going to happen. It's it's a it's right. a fact, right? Um, and so yeah, it definitely plays a big part because um, I think a lot of the legislators aren't part of these minorities, so they're just they don't mm -hmm. care. <laughs> right. That's just what I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess when did you kind of realize the importance of like trying to bring these issues and stories that have been forgotten like why do you think it's important for us to be more aware and seek those stories yeah um everyone should be educated and everyone should mm -hmm. try and go do something it's the world won't change by itself so really if there's no one and there's not a group of people that's willing to um, educate others and you know people aren't willing to learn about these stories it's just going to be right. forgotten in history right. and i just think that's incredibly stupid yeah. <laughs> for lack of better lack of words but um right right uh yeah so it's important to learn about it because it's we will we learn about the civil war and all that and we right. learn about world war ii but we really don't learn that much about our domestic issues of racial injustices in terms of specific legal cases i think we're taught dred scott like once i think i, I know a few legal um schools teach Dred Scott, but uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Maybe, and also this is something that I've noticed in my history class, um, but you're right that we do just skim over a lot of the racial issues, um, not just regarding to African-Americans, but also Asian-Americans. Like, I think we're talked about like, you know, the yellow peril and the Chinese Exclusion mm -hmm. Act, but we don't right. really talk about how those, you know, policies affect over to modern day and how like, you know, that systemic policy has, has like reverberating effects as well as today, where we do talk about it for like some other issues in history as well. Um, yeah, another, sure. yeah, I think another <laughs> thing that we didn't cover, maybe it was because of Corona or something, like we never talked about like the Japanese internment camps during World War. And so I definitely agree that there should be more discussion surrounding those issues. For sure, that's a great way to put it, Shri. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I just also, I'm pretty sure like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. different parts of the U.S. are extremely different in terms of the history curriculum. Right. I know some southern states still say the, uh, the Civil War was about states' rights. And, right. Um, I know that's been disproven <laughs> for years, in fact. <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And I can agree. I can also com agree with that because I'm from Georgia, so Southern oh, State yes. Um, I would say my history teacher this year was fairly Republican, and mm -hmm. it was pressure. It was put like the way that they put it was it's not only about slavery; it was also <laughs> about all these other issues. And I remember this specific diagram that I was shown, where it would be like a barrel with like a TNT bomb or whatever and it showed all the causes of the civil war and like slavery was one barrel and then there were states rights and um you know other issues relating to that eventually caused the civil war and so I agree that the way you portray history also has a factor on how we perceive it. For sure especially when you're teaching these young kids you're kind of ingraining them into it into their minds so um, it's quite important to get get it right um i mean if it's i don't want to be too political but right. if a historian like verifies that it's not just about it wasn't mostly about states rights but it's mostly about slavery i just think schools mm -hmm. should adapt to that no matter what your political affiliation is
Um, right. Yeah. I think another thing is a lot of times it's the way that you kind of shape the story and say the story, um, not just for forgotten stories in general, but like um, just history itself. So I guess what type of initiatives and like how can we best educate ourselves to find the most raw reality and truth about this? Because I feel like there's so many different perspectives that oftentimes we can get overwhelmed. Do you have any insight on that? For sure. Um, in my opinion, everyone's going to have a different perspectives. And opinions, right, right. I think it's for yourself. You yourself have to decide. Um, yeah, that's all I have on that. I don't. Yeah, it's, fair enough. It's, yeah. yeah it's like it's, it was a pretty tough question so i admit um so <laughs> i guess when did you start realizing that your initiative was kind of going viral and was actually having like an impact so it was when i realized i had a support their base um mm -hmm. and that i think i posted a tiktok about being super burnout and the uh the messages were quite um, amazing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It was uh, really kept me going. Um, and I think there was this one comment where it was, um, it's his mom and his, her children were like, they always smile when they watch my videos. Um, which I don't know why though. I mean, my videos are kind of depressing. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, and then this other criminal justice major said that he, she learned more about uh, like, just legal cases than uh, from my videos than her own um, college curriculum and so that that was when I was like okay like I'm doing something I think is great um, well, how can we take the next steps how how can I um, adapt and push forward um, and that led me to randomly starting a petition and mm -hmm. um, about Mr. Patel mm -hmm. and um, really working hard to get in contact with them and yeah that's that's when I was like okay this is something I got something here yeah and I also assume that a lot of these stories are hard to find because they don't receive a lot of media attention so I guess talk to me about the process and like how you heard of these stories and um, were able to bring more awareness to them so honestly I just read a lot um, mm -hmm not like, just random articles and stuff um yeah a lot of there's a lot of sort of niche news channels that right. sort of do a good job about um show, sharing some of these stories and then a lot of times once you search up one case there's mm -hmm. a lot of other cases that are similar right unfortunately um but that's just how it is i'll give you one example um private danny chen die around the same time as a Marine, Chinese American Marine named Harry mm -hmm. Liu, and they were both caught suicides. Oh, I see. Through hazing and stuff like that. And so, yeah, that's just kind of my search process mm -hmm. in I that. See. It's just kind of, I play about ear. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately, there's so many stories that, that by the nature of, <laughs> This yeah. series is <laughs> sometimes I sometimes I just can't I don't have enough content to post but yeah uh, I've been starting to get a lot of requests and that's been really helping um, help share a lot of stories so 
Yeah. I guess has have these stories, um, like you said, some of them, you know, I feel like when you constantly hear these stories that weren't giving much justice, like sometimes it can get to you. I guess for me itself, it's like some of like the sexist or minor like racist things that happened in my school, like just get to me and it's like, oh, why can't like the system do better or whatever? Like, has that ever happened to you? And I guess, did you, like, how did you overcome? For sure. Um, I think about three weeks in <laughs> of starting to make a lot of these videos, I just lost all hope in humanity. <laughs> right. Um, it was especially during the coronavirus hate crimes against right, it, right. what just set me. <laughs> like, it was incredible. Um, I just, at that point, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, right. what, what <laughs> is it even worth my time anymore? Um, so how I got through that was taking a break. Mm -hmm. um, I started making a lot more humor, uh, TikTok. Um, just slowly getting back into it was kind of, that break was sort of my solution to that. Um, and then slowly you realize that, okay, this issue is bigger than just you. So right. suck it up and continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was my thought process there. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one of the first story that I kind of thought went viral was Peter Wang's and that's like where I also first like found you. So tell me about mm -hmm. his story and what we, you are trying to do to honor his legacy. Yeah, so Peter Wang was a 15 year old uh, freshman at um, Parkland High School. Um, and what happened was during the Parkland shootings, he sacrificed his own life to get others out of the building. Mm -hmm. And um, that just spoke a lot of, <laughs> when someone, again, it's like when someone um, kind of looks like you, you kind of feel it a little bit harder. Right. Um, and he basically just sacrifices his such a selfless act. It was incredible. And I just thought, okay, this was in the media for about less than two weeks. And, um, you know, Charlie D'Amelio is in the media for a constant <laughs> So I was like, okay, well, something needs to be done. And so right. I made a video and then that went off. Uh, I think it ran outside 1 million views or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's one comment said, um, all the Confederate statues, Right. Now should be replaced with a statue of him. Oh, and yeah. so I was like, hold up, that's an amazing yeah. idea. And uh, I created a petition. Um, and I also collabed with this other TikTok um, artist. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I cold, like, cold DM'd him and I was like, if you want to collab, I know you're a good artist. Like, here's my stuff. And mm -hmm. I found out he lives in the Bay Area. So <laughs> um, I was actually. Um, we actually live pretty close together, so I was like, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so, and then I just started that petition, and um, right now it's still uh, still up, so you should definitely go sign it. I think it's a really good cause. Right. Um, yeah, the plan for that is if it gets enough signatures, we'll start getting to GoFundMe pages and um, really getting into the logistical attributes. So, yeah. yeah. I guess the other story that you reference a couple of time was Mr. Mr. Patel's and this one actually 
gained quite a lot of momentum. I saw a bunch of my friends post like reposting the petition that you started and I reposted it as well. So talk to me a little bit about the injustice that happened to him and how your organization is trying to help. For sure. First of all, thank you for reposting. <laughs> um, so Mr. Patel was um, an Indian grandfather visiting uh, for the, uh, his grandchild in Alabama. And what mm -hmm. happened, just walking in the neighborhood, a neighbor called the cops on him for God knows what. And uh, the, he didn't know much English and the officers were not very understanding. And so randomly, they body slammed him and he became paralyzed. Um, wow. And that spoke a lot of volumes to me too, because you know, my grandparents don't speak the best English. So imagining them getting body slammed is right. infuriating. And so this, and then I found out that there, the, the state acquitted the police officers and that was just infuriating as well. Um, so I started a petition, didn't really know where it was going. And I just played it by ear and um, it started getting momentum. So right. I kept on going. And then I contacted the family's lawyer. And sooner or later, uh, that same day, I was on a phone call with um, Mr. Patel's son. Wow. And basically I had a discussion with them on, you know, what was happening with the case, uh, what's going on. So actually from that call recently, I found out that his, his lawsuit, like mm -hmm. his, not the state um, court, but him suing the police department and the officer mm -hmm. just got approved to move forward in the 11th circuit, I believe. That's good. Um, and that actually is a really cool story because I didn't even know about that. Like the, if you search up his story, mm -hmm that's nowhere to be found. That just shows how forgotten it was. I mean, right. that's such a big uh, advancement in his case. And if you search his name up, you can't even find any, like barely any information about how his lawsuit was approved to move forward. Right. It was just how it was, um, the officers were acquitted and that's pretty much where it ends. And um, yeah. yeah, so basically um, they're just, uh, with the signatures, we're just waiting. He just said to wait for until the case gains more momentum. And then um, uh, my organization can help him out with, with the signatures and um, next steps. So right now we're just, it's a waiting game until um, it gains more, the case gains more momentum and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really, really neat because I feel like, like you said, oftentimes when you just search up about these, you know, very niche stories, it's like, there is an end of stories. There is like, you know, this is how it ended. But I think it's really cool that your organization and you are trying to like continue that story and be like, no, this is not the end. There is more that we can do and, you know, try your best to bring justice. And I, I've, I, I appreciate that and I respect that so, so much. Um, I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about is I think that video in particular really hit me and as well as like the South Asian community because like you said, like my grandparents don't know how to speak English and it just becomes so much more personalized when you see a person like you, like you said, um, you know, facing injustice and, you know, nothing was there in response in order to fix that or have any real, real consequences. For sure. Um, 
Yeah, actually, I've gotten a lot of support from the South Asian community, which is amazing. Um, and actually, a lot of my organization is from South Asian descent. Um, so, yeah, I definitely appreciate the support. Um, and previously, I've been actually making um, some uh, South Asian heroes sort of series where I was uh, noting some really cool um, Desi sort of people who uh, did heroic acts, but now are totally forgotten. So yeah, I definitely appreciate the support from the South Asian community. And so another thing is like, when you bring these stories to light, what do you think the public should try to do to help bring justice to these people? So my thought process is they should see, uh, watch that video, mm -hmm. search it up, read a lot about it, and just get talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. Some of these cases are quite, they're so, it's hard to bring justice right. without a lot of legal action. And so I just think by talking about it more, that will lead to justice, but um, it's gonna be a long road yeah. for that to happen. Um, yeah. And like you've covered a lot of these stories. Have you like noticed a certain trend or um factor that shows like oh these stories get a lot more media attention and these stories don't or is it just really by like luck of the draw yeah um so from my um analyzation um a lot of the videos that get a lot of media attention are the ones that are kind of controversial but they really shouldn't be. Right. Um, I'll give you an example. Peter Wang, um, the comments were just, it was, it was amazing. It was like a million, like, I don't know, like thousands of comments just arguing about gun rights. And, um, <laughs> wow. And just by nature of the TikTok algorithm, I'll just naturally bring it up. Um, yeah. And I think it's a lot of times it's those my, uh, minorities that, you know, don't really get a lot of attention. Uh, I would say like Asian Americans, um, Latinos, when those cases are um, put in a video, they sort of support it a lot more because they're like, oh, finally, um, someone's talking about it. Right. Uh, yeah. And I guess with the experience trying to build up this initiative, like what have you personally kind of learned from it? I've learned to be sort of persistent mm -hmm. um a lot of times you won't really get um when you're trying to outreach people you won't get an answer back right and it's just dealing with that rejection constant rejection um i mean i'm used to it now. <laughs> yeah 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 we'll <laughs> <laughs> um, be prep when those college apps come around <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> um yeah, so that's one thing I learned. Um, right now, our initiative is kind of small right now, so that's our first, first steps have just mm -hmm. been to recruit as hard as possible. Um, so just learning how to inspire people, I think, is really important. Um, I try to, in every one of my emails to the members, I always try to make something like, sound, I don't know, sports coachy-like. Right, right. <laughs> like, 
um, I think I showed my email, one of my emails to my brother, and he was like, you sound like a sports coach who's like <laughs> 80 years old. I was like, thanks. <laughs> you can do um, it. Yeah. Yeah. So those are some lessons I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess kind of um, going towards more general questions, I was wondering, if, is there like any other meaningful experience that kind of changed your perspective about something, or do you think this initiative was just like a whole perspective changer itself? Hmm. Um, corona was kind of a big perspective changer. True, um, true. You heard about that global pandemic too? Yeah, me too. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the hate crimes against Asians really changed my perspective. Um, and the fact that right now they're just kind of forgotten right it's just i mean i understand black lives black lives like the black lives matter movement is definitely important mm -hmm. but um i just hope that the, some of the hate crimes against asians were are going to be brought up again just right. to yeah um and so i think those two things are a big perspective changer for me yeah uh, um, um I guess another thing is you probably grown so much as a leader since you like first started this, like it was a one man thing and now you have a group of people. So have you learned something along the way or are trying to develop certain qualities so you know you can build this organization even further? Yeah, for sure. So my own leadership goals for the organization is to be kind of relaxed to be honest, it's a really tough topic. And so I don't want to be, it's all on volunteer basis. So I can't, I don't want to be a total douche about it. Yeah. Um, so I just try to be quite relaxed and um, they all seem like very chill and motivate people. So I don't think motivations are really big. I mean, they, they talked with me first, like they, they reached out to me. So that's just shows a lot about their character. Right. And so I just think, letting them work on things that they want to themselves is probably my biggest goal as a leader to give them the autonomy and freedom um, and also honestly also have a rewarding experience um, they're taking their time to participate in this and um, i want to try and make it as uh, rewarding as possible for their overall perspectives their um their skills and overall their character so yeah yeah and i guess kind of winding down on this conversation um what's next for you and like how has you know the forgotten stories project kind of changed or is it still the same in terms of your future yeah for sure um this project has kind of inspired me to take more risks. Um, so I think in, uh, I'm a senior right now, so in, the, in college, I'll, I think I'll be majoring in something similar mm -hmm. to social justice, sociology maybe. Mm -hmm. um, public health I'm also really passionate about. Right. So that's just my future. Um, hopefully I'll continue building this organization and um, make it as big as I can, make it as impactful as I can, and um, I'll work my hardest at it, so yeah. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Ryan, for being on this podcast. I really- No problem, it's my pleasure, Shri. Yeah.
To follow more of Ryan's work and to support the Forgotten Stories Project, please take a look at the links that I've attached to this podcast.